Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the DKC podcast. This is Megan. I'm here with Seth Andrew Davis. Do you prefer saying your full name, Seth, or just Seth Davis? Uh, either way is fine. Yeah. Like, as a, like, when I do like composery things, like, I'm like, I put my name out there as Seth Andrew Davis. I see. The, yeah. Okay. There's a sportscaster named Seth Davis. So I thought I would like try to. <laughs> Not that I, I noticed a... that when I looked you up on, on uh, Google today, as I was doing some research for this podcast, I was like, that's not him. So yeah, I could see why you'd put. So welcome to the podcast, sir, Seth, Andrew Davis. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Megan. It's good to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. I think this is going to be a good conversation. I first want to go into some of your projects and collaborations that you have here. And we actually did a project together back in the winter, last winter, yeah. before COVID got pretty hyped up and it was C4. Tell me a little bit about Project C4. Yeah, so um, Project C4 is a new music ensemble. Um, kind of started in 2017 with um, saxophonist and electronic musician um, Chi Him Chik uh, and Derek Frank, a percussionist, when they were both, um, I believe, master's students at um, UMKC around then. And I think both of them were really, you know, wanting to start something that was um, a new music group that kind of did something um, a little bit different, did a lot of like um, cross-disciplinary collaborations, stuff with, you know, more electronics, um, video mm -hmm. elements, and improvisation. Um, and you know, I, I wasn't a founding member, but I came in about a year or so into it or about six months or so. Um, and at the time, um, Chihim was moving to, uh, Switzerland. He was going to school out there and, um, him and Derek asked me to join on. Um, uh, we did a gig together. Um, let's see me, Chihim, Derek Frank, and then Tim Hart. We all did like a quartet gig together on a first Friday and we had a lot of fun and, mm -hmm. and they were like, Hey, yeah, we should keep playing together. And they asked me to join in on C4 and, um, you know, through the, through the last, let's see, groups almost like three years old now. Um, we've kind of done a number of things. Uh, you know, we, we play, um, like thoroughly composed pieces. We've done like, um, we have commissioned composers to write for us. We've done, um, some like cross disciplinary projects like uh in 2019 um i did uh, a um, big installation um, interactive piece with a uh, video artist um, colin mosley who was also at umkc um in the arts department um that was um kind of uh, bridging the gaps between like video and live interactive video and improvisation electronic music that c4 did um and then we did a, we've done a bunch of like, you know, um, just improv shows, like the one that um, you and Alberto joined us on where we did um, yeah. John Zorn's Cobra, which with Jeff Harshbarger, which was a super fun, um, that was a fun show. It was just, that's Very a, fun. that'll be a year ago tomorrow, actually. <laughs> that we did it? Yeah. No way. Yeah. It's crazy. I just got the, like, came up on my phone. It's like, oh yeah. When I was like po posting the events, I was like, oh my God, that was a year ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I remember that being a lot of fun. Um, so something about C4, I've seen you, I've, I've obviously, you know, we did that collaboration together with C4 and mm -hmm. the, I've, I've also seen you guys perform at the uh, Kansas City Electronic, um, what is it? KCCM, KCCM at the very end of the oh. spring. Yeah, uh, Kansas City, uh, KCCMF, Kansas City Contemporary Music Festival. That's right, yeah. So I saw yeah. you guys perform last year, uh, which was a lot of fun. And the thing about C4 is that it has a very eclectic group of instrumentation. Um, so do you find that people are like really 
like do they enjoy that type of instrumentation have you heard any feedback about it because it's very new i haven't i never see it yeah um i think people dig it um for the most part it's it, it, it there's a lot of you know possibility for interaction and um you know, um, uh, timbral diversity per se. Um, cause you know, it's, yeah. it's percussion. Mostly, uh, Derek was playing a lot of vibraphone, um, in mm-hmm. the group, um, flute, piano, electronics, um, saxophone and electric guitar, you know, which can get kind of, if you're not careful, you know, can get kind of loud. <laughs> like if you, you know, being really careful about that, which is something we've been, you know, trying to be very, um, conscious about when we, mm-hmm. you know, ask people to write for us, um, you know, to make sure that, you know, very rarely did we ever have pieces that were um, all of us playing at one time, unless it was like, if it was an improv thing, we'd even then sometimes like, you know, spread things out, or it was like, we do like duos, trios, maybe a quartet um, in a running group. Like, you know, um, some of the pieces we did, um, there was one uh, called Power Trio by uh, composer Mark Michelli, um, who's a uh, California-based composer. Uh, I think he was going to UC Davis, but he wrote for um, electric guitar, flute, and electronics. And then um, we spread out another piece, um, no, not a commission, but you know, other pieces in, in, a, in a program that was like, okay, that that trio did something. Now we're going to do something with like saxophone, percussion, and piano to, to kind of split things up. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I wrote a piece for the ensemble that was like the full thing because I thought I kind of like it's an interesting, almost like Perot ensemble type setup, you know, kind of in that way. And, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely a, um, a challenge to write for that, for that, for the full <laughs> instrumentation. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. I bet. But, but it always ends up coming off really, really cool. I mean, the different instrumentation that you just don't see all the time is, is very interesting sound atmosphere that you don't always get to experience. So yeah, being a part of that group was such a wild thing for that night, but it was a lot of fun. I want to yeah. talk about, unless you had something to say, did you want to keep Oh, no, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, continue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to just ask you really quick because I wanted to pivot because I remember that we rehearsed in this space downtown and I just wanted to ask you, how did you get that space? I mean, I know it doesn't belong to you or anything like you don't own it, Mm -hmm. but I just wanted to talk about how you were able to acquire that space. Did you get a grant or did you get in a some kind of um, some somebody's being your patron about that like how did that how does that work yeah so um we are for this year which is cl- um, ending um very soon is we're um we have an artist residency with the uh with charlotte street foundation and we are one of their artists and residents here and for the um we applied and um for the year um we have this space it kind of extended a bit with covid um because it was supposed to go from september of last year of 2019 to September of 2020. And they gave us a three month extension. And then, um, our, our, our residency for the group will end here in a couple weeks. Uh, we'll be moving mm-hmm. out of this space, but, um, yeah, so we, we were artist resident, artists and residents here, um, at, uh, Charlotte street and we have the space. We use it to re- rehearse, um, in various capacities. Um, not so much since COVID started, you know, we've been, we've basically kind of been on hiatus trying to figure out like what, um, what to do now. Cause we're, all of us are in kind of different spaces and trying to, you know, see what, see what the future brings, but yeah. Yeah. Because you, you're not, you're not performing anymore live because I think most of the live events have been canceled. Maybe you've done some some video stuff, but there's just not much going on. Yeah, not at all. Um, 
we have been trying to think about like if we want to do any projects and everyone's in kind of various spaces um and states since um since this has all started but we're trying to figure out like what we want to do next and i think this time has been good um Mm -hmm. for us to kind of decide what's next um you know i i uh i think a lot of people were like and a lot of people have and i there's a lot of like you know great online content and online concerts i just I think when it all hit, I think we were all kind of like, yeah, we need a, like a, you know, this is a good time to like, you know, just reassess and kind of just, you know, be safe and stuff like that. But Most definitely. Yeah. So. Yeah. I like that space a lot. It's, it's big, it's, it's artsy looking, it's artsy feeling. And, and I think that's pretty cool that you guys had it. So you guys would just rehearse in there and just do, you know, projects every once in a while in there. And it was just your space, right? Yeah. Yeah. We come in here, rehearse and work on stuff. And I have a separate residency. Like I have my own separate, like I applied as a separate person Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. for it. And I, um, I use it all the time. I'm I'm actually here right now. Is that right? <laughs> the Wi-Fi is a lot better than in my apartment. I see. I <laughs> so, see. Um, yeah, and I use this place to, as a workshop, you know, to like um, kind of work out new ideas for whatever I want to do. It's it's really spacious. I have 24-hour access, you know. And then um, next year, um, well, in a couple of weeks. Um, so th- this space is actually going to uh, – Charlotte Street has their own um, space they built, um, like a full-on um, – like a full on, um, you know, um, complex, mm-hmm. which is down off of uh, 33rd in Wyoming, kind of in the industrial area, kind of near, not too far from like uh, Southwest Traffic way, or Southwest Boulevard and um, kind of uh, by the Boulevard factory, kind of down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know um, where that is. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, Charlotte Street will be, uh, that's their new headquarters. So this space actually will be gone um, at the end of the month because uh, they hmm. just consolidated everything into like one one building um there are performance spaces all that stuff so yeah it'll be that'll be a fun transition to that space so well i want to i want to ask you real quick what is the difference between i mean the answers are obvious but i would just want to hear from your perspective and like why you applied for this and what is the difference between working in a space like that versus like working in a home studio like right now i'm working in kind of a refurbished closet that i turned into my studio that I really like. I find it really cozy. But what's the difference between like working at home and working in a space like like a Charlotte Street? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, yeah, I I, I kind of teeter between both a little bit, just depending like um, depending on like what I'm doing and if. But most of the time, I'm using this as like it. it, it I think it puts you in a different headspace. You know, mm-hmm. like um, mm-hmm. especially like you know, I live in a small like um, one bedroom apartment with my with my girlfriend, and um, you know, we're both you know relatively home a lot of the time, and sometimes it's like you know, I, I and it's you know, I live in apartment with you know, it was a complex with like you know six other apartments in the same block in the same area, yeah. so it's kind of like hard to be loud, you know. And I I do a lot of stuff that's you know with with electronics and pedals and stuff like that. Like I can practice at home that's what I, I usually just practice at home and then I go to the studio later and work for several hours. But, um, I think it puts you in a space with less distractions maybe for me mm-hmm. personally. Um, I do like working from home and just being like in that, you know, um, I have a desk with another set of speakers and I work and I'm next to the window and like my, my apartment's kind of like a little tree house, but like being in like a space that like, um, that I can go to 
and then I can be here for a while. And like, you know, there's, it's quiet. There's no one usually here. Um, we all kind of, there's a couple other residents. We all share the room, the big, this big room together, but like, you know, everyone has different hours and stuff like that. And it's like, you can get lost in here and just like, you know, time yeah. just kind of like goes. And the other thing about it is it's nice to be like in the city and like take a break and like go walk outside mm-hmm. and be in a different surrounding and come back. Um, I think it puts me in a place where, um, I can explore, um, ideas in a very different, in a, di- in a different, um, in a different way than I can at home. Cause I feel at home, it's a little bit more like for, just for me, um, very like a little bit more like comfortable, but then I can just kind of be like, I could be like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to sit on the couch, you know, but like here I'm like throwing down just kind of like, nice. you know, here's my time and then I'm going to leave, you know? So mm-hmm. um, I-, I feel that way too. I think that's why. Um, cause my, we have a bigger bedroom and I had my desk kind of in the bedroom and then I just put it in this closet and I found like, I can just focus more because I'm not looking around being like, that needs to be clean. I need to do that. I need to do that. I need to do that. So I just put like these sound panels there. So I, I, I understand where you're coming from with that. You just have like this open space where you can just put it in and then go home and, and be done with that. So kind of leaving the work at the office. So yeah, I, I definitely get that. And I mean, that's a great thing for them to for you to have applied and have earned that space, you know, and you want to utilize it as much as possible. So it definitely must put you in that headspace to be like, okay, yeah, they gave me this and I'm going to, you know, or rather I earned this and I'm going to, I'm going to work now yeah, when I get here. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about real quick. I want to talk about your specific sound. I remember seeing you at the record store. I can't remember the name of the record store. I think it was Revolution Records. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Revolution. And that's when when Alberto had played his set. But you had a, a very different set. I think your sound, and, and you can definitely ex- elaborate on this because you obviously know better than I do, but it has a very kind of like atmospheric, ethereal sound to it that is uh, pretty calming, I have to say. I was very relaxed by your set. But I liked it. There's a lot of different colors going on that you create with guitars and pedals. And why don't I just want you to talk a little bit about like where your inspiration comes from, um, what your process is and, and what your sound is. So there's a lot thrown in there to that question, but just kind of talk about what your, what your sound is, what, what set does solo. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, there's a lot there. So yeah, the guitar is my primary instrument. Um, I've been playing since I was a teenager and you know, the stuff that really inspired me as a, like a young guitar player, you know, everyone kind of, you know, anyone who plays electric guitar at any time, like, you know, you kind of basically start, a lot of people do like with the rock tradition. Right. So like, (laughs) you mean smoke on the water? (laughs) Yeah. Right. No, seriously. Yeah. That was like the first thing I was like, Oh my God, I can just play these riffs. And like, this is (laughs) awesome. And I just know how to play guitar now. Like, um, but, and that was, you know, I, I devoured that stuff too. Like, you know, the, the kind of guitar heroes type stuff, like, you know, learning, you know, classic rock songs and, um, kind of diving into that and like learning like the, the lick of the week off of whatever, you know, I was a big like guitar world and guitar player magazine kid. Um, Mm -hmm. they had all the tabs, they had all like the, the, the licks from your guitar heroes that you could just like learn and be like, Oh, awesome. You know, um, which is great. But, you know, after a while I was kind of like, well, I'm not really like into that necessarily like playing like rock tunes or like even being in like, a rock band per se like the, the after like for me the rock tradition was like this is great but i kind of want to like do something different um mm-hmm. or kind of move in a different direction and what like what always like i go back to is like the thing that inspired me specifically with like the electric guitar was like the sound itself 
right? Like yeah. the the, poss- the timbral possibilities for the electric guitar. And like my, I mean, my first guitar hero, and I think a lot of people are like this too, is Jimi Hendrix, like number mm-hmm. A, number one, like, you know. Um, and what, what was inspiring to me about Hendrix, and I think a lot of people miss, is just like he transformed that instrument from the ground up, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, you, you get to the sixties and, you know, everyone's playing within like the blues tradition, you know, like kind of like the dealing with like the, you know, the late fifties, like rockabilly scene and all that stuff. And then, you know, um, you know, the Beatles come along and then here's Jimi Hendrix. Who's just like, yeah, I'm going to like, like literally burn this thing to the ground, like (laughs) several times. Yeah. I can, I can see like the history of rock music going from, you mentioned all those people like the, the, the Beatles and all that like kind of I don't think it was like soft rock but it's like the late early 60s late 50s type of rock that you're getting like the Elvis Presley and the Beatles and stuff like that and then Jimi Hendrix comes along during the you know the mid 60s and it's like who is this guy and he's doing like kind of these antics burning the guitar and all this but also I like how you mentioned really transforming the sound yeah that's so appropriate yeah, and like if you think about it, the the electric guitar is an electronic instrument, right? Like it is. Like it's it's a piece of wi- it's a piece of wood with wires into it with electronics, you know, like um and he really utilized that. I mean, like a lot of the standard like electronic um uh, like like guitar pedals around was like were invented because Hendrix was like I want that sound, right? Oh, and, like, interesting. Yeah, like um the wah-wah pedal was really like um has its defined sound because of him, like a lot of the fuzz pedals you see around, like um, Echoplex, like chorus pedals and stuff like that. Like he was just like not getting the sound he wanted. And so, mm-hmm. you know, he was working with like Eddie Kramer and like, you know, Mar- like even the Marshall Stack amp is like, he was like, I want this to sound a certain way. And he like worked with them, you know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. all this, like, he was just like, you know, not only just like this amazing guitar player, but like he was obsessed with sound itself. And you hear that like on, um, well, the, you know, the three or four records that we, un- we only have of his, which is, you know, the tra- biggest tragedy, you know, of, of American popular yeah. music. Um, but you know, you listen to, I, I, the one I always, the two records I, well, two or three records I go back to, I mean, I like our experience, but like you listen to bold as love and like, you know, this, the multi-tracking on that is just insane. Like what he's doing and like, you know, there's the, like the Leslie like effects on there, the, like the, the, uh, reverse like delay effects, which they were like, I don't know how we're going to do this. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, we're going to make it happen. You know, nice. um, especially like, like electric Ladyland um, and stuff like that. And the one I like the band of gypsies, that group is like, if, if he would have lived longer, I think that would have been like the greatest rock trio ever. Mm. Um, mm-hmm with i think it's buddy miles oh and i can't remember the drummer oh my god oh i think buddy miles the drummer i can't remember the bass player is but yeah that group is you know band of gypsies is like i that's the one i always go back to all the time because it's just like it's everything like his live element of you know being his improvisatory power but also just like the sound of the guitar and i think that is what's always like my main thing like with the instrument is sound itself and like transforming. Yeah, it sounds like you're really fascinated by that transformation of sound. I, uh, I can totally vibe with that. I, I agree with you on that. Let, let's talk about your sound. Like mm-hmm. how would you describe your sound? Because of, of course, after mentioned, I, I, I said that you, you know, your sound is really ethereal. It's just, it, it sounds kind of like um, atmospheric in a way. And, and I like the way you have transformed the guitar I mean, obviously not the first person to do it, but you have been searching for this newer sound. So, so talk to us about that. Yeah. Um, 
That's a good question. Yeah, it's always like changing for me because it's like, what am I interested in or like, what do I want to like expand upon? But yeah, like definitely trying to like make the make the instrument sound huge. And so like, you know, throwing on like, you know, reverb or delays that are just like, feel like a cathedral, you know, yeah. like just making uh -huh. things sound huge and like a wall, like a big, like, I want people to live in sound, like as I do, mm -hmm. like, or like, mm -hmm. as I imagine, like, you know, like, um, I, I, I like definitely when I'm like playing, I'm trying to like imagine things like, and like what I want to happen and like, and like try to like bring what's in my head out and out, you know, to people to see like what, like, you know, like live in this with me. And so, you know, like definitely this, I guess the sound is like, is it's always like kind of pushing towards something like the whole time it's like building towards something like I'm like layers and layers of sound, like starting from something minute to something massive is yeah. like what I'm always trying to go for. Um, you know, and, and maybe that comes from like, you know, definitely like the, um, oh, like being inspired by the like later players or like later composers, you know, after like the Hendrix era, like you get like Robert Fripp was really into um, like the Frippertronics stuff where he was trying to do um, stuff with like tape delays and stuff like that. And he worked with like Brian Eno and trying to make that the guitar sound huge or like John Hassel um, with trumpet. And he did stuff with Brian, you know, I, th I don't know if Fripp did, but yeah, that kind of just like expanded sound that like blurs the line of like between like, what it like blurs every all the lines between like what's the instrument and what's the pedals and like my my whole point is to like not make the guitar be the guitar like mm. that's the entire like i guess like i mean i'm playing guitar but i want like that feeling of like when, when someone walks away they're like was he playing guitar or was he <laughs> playing pedals or like w electronics or yeah. like what was what was the sound transformation there which is always the goal um per se because not i mean i love the guitar but like the the and I, you know, and, and even as a composer, it's like, I love acoustic instruments and just that pure sound, but also like, how can we do something different with this? How can we take this to like where this has never gone? Yeah. I think the kind of the thing you were describing, like a sound wall was really appropriate because when I was at your set, I remember just kind of being enveloped in that huge reverb sound, like a church, something like that. So yeah, I think that's super interesting. I've never heard guitar being talked of that way I don't I'm not a guitar player myself I mean of course I went through the guitar hero phase when I was a kid as everyone did but it never yeah. interests me as much as like a trumpet but um yeah that's really really interesting I want to talk about um real quick what programs you you work in are you an Ableton person are you a Logic person are you an expert on like Pro Tools what what's your DAW of of choice yeah my main DAW is uh I use Ableton Live um I, uh, live 10, the sweet, mm. um, version. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to work in logic a lot. Um, and I don't anymore. I, I love logic. Um, but a lot of what more I do is, um, you know, like trying to do stuff live more than as a live, like computer performer. That's what I also do is like, um, with the guitar as well, but also like, you know, um, I've been working a lot with um, instrumentalists and processing them live and playing with them live with, you know, controllers and, you know, in electronics and Ableton and Ableton is really the, you know, the best for me, the best software that switches between kind of like the DAW feel of like editing and working in something, but also flipping it. And you can like launch clips or like process someone in real time, especially with like all the, the max for live capabilities. But, um, I definitely, I, I, I do know pro tools. Like I took, um, 
the audio engineering classes at UMKC when I was a student and got really, got really comfortable with Pro Tools. Um, I, that is also a really powerful, really powerful tool. And I think it like definitely helped me in terms of like sculpting, um, getting a mindset of sculpting something and moving that to like Ableton or whatever DAW I use. Um, yeah. Um, I, when I started out using electronics, it was like logic and then reason. I don't know if you've ever used reason, but no, um, I've never, I've heard of it, but I've never used reason. I was always a logic person until I switched mm -hmm. to Ableton. And of course, when you move from logic to Ableton, it is a switch. Like it's oh, a, yeah. for me, it was a huge deal. I was like, I don't know what, this looks weird. I don't know what's going on. This is so, I'm never going to be able to learn this. And then when switching it, the live stuff, which is why I thought you were an Ableton person, the live stuff is you just cannot compare it to Logic. I think Logic has come a long way because they recently released something that has like more live capabilities, but I don't know. It just has a lot of limit, excuse me. It just has a lot of limitations, um, but but Ableton really doesn't. And I, I love using the Ableton suite. It's it's really very expensive, but really, really nice um, to y yeah. use and stuff. Yeah, well, let's, um, let's just take a, sh a short break and let's just talk about real quick. Is there anything that you want to talk about in particular? I can give you a few minutes to just kind of go off about something that you're planning or, you know, something like that that you want to just go off about. Sure. Um, let's see here. Kind of a few things going on. Um, so uh, let's see. Next week is I think it's next. Yeah, next week. Um, uh, Megan and you, know, uh, you and I are both members of the Kensey Electronic Music Alliance. And mm -hmm. uh, next week is our um, collaboration with the Loadbang Ensemble from uh, New York City. And um, uh, four, uh, six composers, four from Kima and two from uh, the Conservatory at UMKC. Um, got together and you know collaborated with Loadbang and wrote pieces for them. And so I have a piece on that concert um, called Underworld that will premiere next week. It was written for the ensemble and um, electronics. And um, see a couple other projects I got coming up. Um, so this year, my um, collaborator Michael Eaton, he's a saxophone player from lives in New York. He's from Kansas City originally. Um, we started a label um, earlier in this year called Mother Brain Records. Yeah, I saw and that. You guys have a music label. Yeah, yeah. That's been a lot of fun. That's, that's been kind cool. of like, yeah, that's been kind of the focus of the year a little bit. Um, it's really great. I um, we've I think we just released our like, let's see, no, Friday um, I'll be releasing a record with um, trumpet player um, and improviser Kyle Quas, who's um, a player out of yeah. uh, Bloomington, Indiana. He's a, he's a really amazing, um, improviser. Um, we'll be releasing a duo record and then, um, let's see, I'm currently working on a couple records with Michael Eaton. Um, we have a duo called Symbiotique, which is a, um, uh, saxophone and electronics plus electric guitar duo. Uh, we'll be releasing a couple records we're working on and recording. Um, he's back in town. Um, we'll be doing that. Uh, let's see, uh, Alberto, um, Rockinati. Do I have his last name right? I always mess it up. Um, I yeah, well, that. he's very sensitive about that too. So it I is Rockinati. <laughs> Rockinati. Okay, Rockinati. Okay, yeah. yeah exactly. So, yeah. Alberto and I will be um, releasing a record next month on Mother Brain called Athari, um, which is our uh, trumpet and um, electric guitar uh, duo. Yeah, he let me hear some of it. I like it. Thank you. Yeah. I messed with it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's very different from like stuff like kind of what me and um, we do separately. It's a little bit more like um, kind of it like 
it's really ambient but it's also gets kind of noisy at times like mm-hmm. um it's it's kind of a, i think for both of us kind of a different thing because um you know alberto does a lot with like beats and um um uh, kind of more like melody driven stuff and um this is probably one of the more like tonal things i've done <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it was that was a lot that record was a lot of fun i'm finishing the mixes on it we're trying to figure out um titles and then we have artwork and i'm just gonna put it out next month and yeah it's kind of just putting out a bunch of records um trying to make where stuff can where can we find those collaborations at yeah so you can go on um my, uh Bandcamp, um type mother brain records uh if you just go in there, Mother Brain um, Records KC at Dot Bandcamp, and we have, I think we're just about to on Friday we'll have released our ninth record this year, so that's really fun. This year, yeah. Wow, COVID really got really did you <laughs> did you some favors? Nine records in a year, holy cow! Yeah, that I, is a lot. I was did you off, just have a lot of time, or yeah, I was off of work yeah. for like two months. Um, yeah, I, I work at the one of the public libraries, and like our system was closed for two months, so I like. Wow. Me and my girlfriend packed up and went to, up north to um, where her parents live uh, in Plattsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were out there for a month in the middle of nowhere. It was awesome. Well, not really the middle of nowhere, but like they have where they live is like outside of town. So they live on like seven or eight acres and it's just like quiet. And oh. it's like worked a lot. <laughs> it was it was a lot of Very fun. Nice. So, Very yeah. nice. Very nice. Very yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, it was a pleasure to talk to you. I'm looking forward to the releases. And yeah, it was really good to chat with you. Thanks so much for listening to the diacritical podcast you find us on facebook instagram spotify or on spotify and also check out our websites for new articles coming out by weekly or by monthly i think it is so yeah check us out again mr davis thank you so much for being here with us today thank you so much megan it was good talking to you